0: Listener Production. You don't want to misbehave when Andy Lee is around. If you get sulky over a board game or not going to the zoo, then it's out in the backyard with you.
1: There's no crying in my house. So if you cry, you have to go outside.
0: Andy, who is, of course, one half of the superstar radio and podcasting duo Hamish and Andy... Ham,
1: you you are fighting a battle you cannot win, I promise you My favourite kind of battle, Ando.
0: ..agrees that he is the fun uncle. But apparently he's the tough one too. Either way, Andy Lee is definitely a family guy. In our chat today, he spoke about how his mother's rare illness shaped his teenage years and brought him and his siblings closer together. I was really moved by the story of a 15-year-old Andy stepping up in mum's absence to make sandwiches and wash clothes and do the scheduling and help keep the family moving. In this interview, you'll get a taste of the softer, quieter and more introspective side of Andy Lee.
1: I never really thought mum was going to die, even though they told us that. I just didn't believe it. But one thing, it absolutely brought us closer.
0: Up next, The Weekend List with Tate McGregor, where we recommend what to watch, see, do, eat and listen to. But first, here is my conversation with the comedian and host who has been making Australia laugh for more than 15 years, Andy Lee. So, Andy, we've only met a couple of times, but Mm. having grown up listening to you and then through much of my adult life doing the same, I feel like I know you. (laughs) And I know that... You're
1: painting it like you're heaps younger than me. Are you heaps younger than me? Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Almost certainly not. But when people say to me, oh, I grew up listening to you... But I feel
0: like I was growing up through my 20s, right? Yeah, that's That's true. It's not like I was fully formed.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Don't
0: think I'm still fully formed. When I was (laughs)
1: thinking... I think we're all a bit that way. I always think when when someone said I grew up listening to you, I always think that you know you were They're ten. 12. I
0: was not. Yeah, and that you is were huddled around
1: the wireless with your family, <laughs> and Dad says, "Yes, you can put it on.
0: Yeah, just for ten minutes because yes. we don't want to wear down the generator." <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: um, you're a sensible guy. That's mm. something I know, and that's something I like because I myself am a very sensible person. Mm-hmm. I need to know were you always sensible? Were you a sensible yep. small child?
1: Yes. I've always been sensible and always had a strong conscience. My dad used to say that whenever I did anything wrong, they'd find out by 10pm because I could never (laughs) sleep. So if they just hear a knock on the door at 9.30 and I was like, I've got to tell you something. Yeah. I did this. I'm sorry. I don't know why that was so strong, but um, yeah, so I was always pretty sensible. Are they... I broke many bones. I was see
0: that's not sensible. Not sensible.
1: I'm very keen to try things, so my risk appetite was huge. But um, I was ordered. So there's a bit of both in there somewhere.
0: Yeah. Okay. So it wasn't a sensibility born of caution.
1: No, I was. I actually didn't have any caution. <laughs> caution to the wind. And Mum one day said to me after she was. She she didn't particularly like Gap Year. she liked the content, but didn't like what Hamish and I were doing on our travel sure. shows particularly the things that were particularly dangerous. And she said to me one day, I thought you would always do something like this considering how you acted when you were growing up. Like if there was a log going across a creek and we're on it, you know, camping as a family, my brother would go, let's see if we can get across. You go first. And I go, okay. So I was always the guinea pig for any of those things.
0: Yeah, right. You were the kid that... I'm very glad I don't have. Like that child that just <laughs> runs towards traffic and you're like, mate, yeah. not cool.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mum would pack three sets of clothes for any day trip that I went on. So that's kind of the, the, the hijinks I'd get up to.
0: You're right. So you were, you're the middle child, am yep. I right? Older brother, younger sister. Mm-hmm. Were you better at being an older brother or a younger brother?
1: Much better at younger brother. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately for my sister, you know, she—the only times I used to play with her is if my older brother was unavailable. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you know, I'd obviously check in with his PA to see whether it was available times, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then yeah, then my sister was was the was the backup, which was she was great and fine. But in in our later years, my older brother was actually closer with my my little sister than and you were
0: just left I, than out. I
1: was. And I was kind of in the middle, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I wouldn't say left out, but um they had a closer bond. They're actually probably more alike. They're far more emotional and far they're far nicer people than I oh have God. to be honest. Yeah. All
0: right. So you've just said they're far more emotional. Are you not particularly emotional and don't like talking about emotions?
1: Uh I have evolved in that space, but for a while, no, not yeah. at al- not at all. You know my sister used to call me the tin man growing up
0: yeah right proper no heart
1: <laughs> if i only had a heart yes yeah. uh, so didn't and my dad's very similar yeah like we were talking and this sounds a bit morbid but we we're talking about the when um my dad found out that his dad had passed away he passed away quite young he's about 60 62 i think he was um and i said did you cry when yeah when when mum in your his mum my grandma called and he's like no <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like, right. And that was that era. And I kind of inherited a lot of that yeah. from my dad. We don't, we don't show emotion. Not my dad's the nicest person in the world. Um, and I, and I know everyone says that about their, their parents, but my mum's, my that, dad's not, <laughs> Okay, my, my mum's to say, well, my dad's cared for her for years and, yeah. and, and he is, is, and he's a primary school teacher and just loves teaching and, and, and seeing kids grow. So it's not like he's heartless that cold. He just, feels that there's a – I think he feels that old school thing of there's a strength to not crying or not showing emotion, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: My husband's a bit like that. When I um, got really sick a few years ago, I I had a major surgery where they thought I was going to wake up blind. Oh, wow. And they told my parents, my sister and my husband – Everyone's crying except Jez, who is just Googling where how to learn Braille. It was like she's going to want to know how to read. So we'll just get on with that now.
1: I, I'm a bit like that. I'm a bit like that. It's just that if the information comes in, I, I'll have a moment to go, oh, that's bad, but what's the next steps we should yeah. be doing straight away, which again – I don't think was is in is isn't good for your body and mm. I think there is a moment where it catches up with me and it might catch up with Jez as well but um where I go oh actually I didn't properly mourn that or I didn't properly give that the time it needed but in at the moment no generally uh, I'm kind of what's the next point of action
0: Yeah yeah you mentioned your mum who's a disabled Woman, I mm. am as well, mm. um, and I've been really sick since my son was about two and a half odd.
1: What's your disability?
0: And so I've got a recurrent ba- brain tumour,
1: oh which my God.
0: the extraction of which has caused a whole lot of yep. issues and and continues to. One of the things I ask all the time mm. is how is that going to affect my kid as he grows up yes. and when he's a teenager? So this is a really selfish question. Mm. What helped you get through your mum being sick mm. and going through... A really significant change and uh, kind of dealing with that uncertainty when you're a teenager yep. and you got other priorities.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, For people don't know, my mum had a, a rare disease called cerebral vasculitis. It's like a series of mini strokes in the brain. Yeah. Um, you can get actually vasculitis anywhere. I think it refers to stroke... I think a stroke normally is in a, in a major artery and blockage, but this is like tiny clots in, 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 the, in the veins. Okay. Um, and so it shut down parts of her brain. So she forgot how to walk, how to talk, who we all were. So things turned very quickly. And it happened over the space of kind of three weeks.
0: Wow. And what so a huge shock.
1: So a bit of a shock to the system. She was given two weeks to live back then because uh, they didn't really know what it was. I may be wrong on this, but I think she's the first to survive it in Australia. There's some other cases now and they know how to, um, to deal with it, which has been not—it's nice talking about it because um, there was uh, a, a long time ago now. About 10 I didn't talk about it for a long, long time, but yeah. about 10 years ago I mentioned it and there was a, a yo- much younger girl um, on the Mornington Peninsula who was 20 who had, had the same thing and she just wanted to find someone to yes. talk to about it because yeah. there's so a few cases. But, yeah, so at the time Dad and I – took the same approach, which was... <laughs> we'll just fix this. Yeah, yeah. What needs to be done, I'd go in every day to the hospital. Mum was a hospital for months and months and months mm. um, and go in every day and introduce myself, tell her what I got up to. Felt a bit like Groundhog Day, you know, I'm Andy, yeah. I play the trumpet, I like hockey, and have those discussions. And then it, that's where I particularly wasn't great to my sister, I think. She would disagree because she's heard me say this before, but I went on to trying to run the household... <laughs> like organizing lunches this time you, yeah, right. need, you need to do your laundry at this time and yeah. here's a schedule and i like i like a schedule <laughs> so, <laughs> me too it's yeah. full full support yeah so um that wasn't very considerate of how my sister was feeling at times she was also becoming a woman going to puberty all these things yeah and her
0: role models gone
1: when you need a yeah. mum and, and a female touch around would be would have been really great my brother was amazing in that space so those two probably Attacked the, the the challenge differently, and I was just like, "Oh well, this is what this is the new norm." Mm. I never really thought Mum was going to die, even though they told us that. They just wow. didn't believe it. But one thing, and this might be a, a nice thing to hear, it absolutely brought us closer. Yeah, like we have so we we were always a close knit family, but we and I say it to my mum: the silver lining is that we are now, you know. We see each other three or four times a week. Yeah, we talk to each other every single day. We we love catching up, even when their families have grown. We all get together, and yeah, that adversity I think only that the closest only happened because of that adversity.
0: Yeah,
1: and and, and taking on those challenges. So after about three months, she just snapped out of it. Wow. Um, wow. She yeah. What so, a
0: journey, not just for her, but for the all of you around her.
1: Yeah, it was very strange. She obviously had to have physiotherapy and and occupational therapy and speech therapy and things again to kind of get moving again, but came back into a household that was now self-sufficient, was now running itself, didn't need, and that was a real shock to her system. So she ended up actually moving back out, which was the only time I was angry at the Mm. situation because I was like, we've gone through all this. You don't even want to be here. Yeah. Very selfish. Very selfish situation. To yeah. uh, from my part to be to be yelling at someone that's gone through that pretty bad. You'd you be know.
0: questioning what your like what your role is. Yes. Like what's my contribution? Mum was they, doing
1: that for a while. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, uh, so she went back into a rehabilitation centre for a bit, and then and then and then came back and moved. Back in with us all, and and that was so. Yeah, it was. It was a. It's certainly an odd period. I don't. I don't really revisit. We don't really talk about it much as a family. We probably should. <laughs> but um,
0: so, tell me about you at school. I know you were captain of about seven things <laughs> when you yeah. were at high school. What What do you think kind of drove that high achievement? Like, was it? Were you competitive? Um, were you just enthusiastic? Were you popular? Ambitious?
1: Uh, I would say. Uh, enthusiastic, definitely competitive, kind of in, in, in realms, but mainly I just like trying a lot of different things. I was super into my music, super into sport. never had a spare lunchtime because it was all those extracurricular things going on. And that's, it's not that I had any great leadership. I don't think it was probably more that, um, at school, people that are enthusiastic and, 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 are, and are participating in a lot of things tend to end up <laughs> end up having to uh, be the the heads or captains of those little areas
0: I was mm. one of those kids too I think primary school mother you know the most important thing was that you had a go yeah except I had a matching dad who was not into the having a go he was into the winning oh. so he was like there's no point <laughs> just win That's, that is your job
1: so my dad's see the opposite of that it's uh he just it's all about having a go and um, Which was brutal when he used to uh, umpire my under twelve cricket games because he'd always give me out because he was so worried about being accused. The other kids, yeah, so worried (laughs) about the him being accused of being biased towards me. So I remember on the drive home, one day, I was like, "That was just not it. Why are you doing (laughs) (laughs) this?" So uh, yeah, he he was all about participation.
0: So tell me about the first time that you really thought I'd like to give radio a go as a career. Because if you're the sensible kid at school, mm. like in careers counselling when you're 18, they're like, you should be a
1: dentist. Yeah,
0: you know. So how how did radio make its way in there?
1: It's funny, like, cause yeah, my mum and dad would say I was sensible in some regards, mm. but you know, I loved pranks and risks yeah. and loved performing and was class class clown, but still could you know good enough grades so it, it there's, a, there's a probably interesting mix there
0: you're a real enigma aren't
1: you? to be honest it was only when I met Haim that I think that this is what we're going to do
0: yeah
1: we met at uni and and he and we we're making each other laugh immediately and then we found when we we're in groups we we're making everybody laugh mm. and that's where it was kind of hang on I think we should be leaning into this more he was doing commerce science, I was doing commerce art, so I didn't really have to go to class to pass and he did. <laughs> so he took a bit more convincing to to do it. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm glad that uh, we, we, we tried our hand.
0: Now, you've worked together for years and years now. Mm. What do you think is the most essential ingredient to being part of a successful duo? Not necessarily yeah. for you two specifically, but for any kind of pair of yep. successful people.
1: My my joke answer is snacks. Make sure you've got...
0: <laughs> <laughs> no make, one can be hangry.
1: Make sure you, you put uh, the, the right amount of consideration to what you're having for lunch yep. each day. Yep, uh, Which I do think is still a very good... Not, even though it's a joke answer, it's still very important because Hamish yeah, and I... Yeah, super sensible. Um, look, I, I would say um, the, the boring answer is just a mutual respect for yep. what either person wants to do. And that's what's unique about, I think, Hamish and I relationship is unless both of us want to do it, it's, it's a no. Yeah. Okay. You don't have to opt out. You have to opt in to any idea or any show or any opportunity, which is nice. It, it doesn't, you don't bring any resentment with that. So there might be a big opportunity that one of us wants to do. And if the other one says, Oh, it's not really for me. It's the end of the conversation. Yeah, right. It's,
0: that's hard though. If you're the person who wants in,
1: it's really hard. But it's also you understand the bigger game. I mean, this is 20 years now that we've been doing this, and with you know almost zero fights <laughs> because of this feeling of like, well, I respect that. Like, why? Why would I? If, if you take a step, another step back, why would I want to make you do something? Why would I want to perform and something that's meant to be fun? And and knowing that you didn't really want to be here. That's not going to get the best performance out of out of either of us. And we're always in our special place, place and our happiest place where we're just pumped to do something. I think that's been a really good rule for us to both just abide by and we kind of s- established that really, really early, which is a weird thing to do. is just two mates oh. from uni. But um, that way uh, there's just no room for resentment to, to grow. Oh. There's no what-ifs moments because – unless it's something we both want to do it was never an opportunity anyway
0: yeah there's a real maturity to that though you know you were saying why would you want to do something with someone if they didn't want to do it mm. That makes perfect logical sense. But the number of times I drag <laughs> my husband or my sister or someone I spend a lot of time with mm. to something they don't want to do. Yes. Like my husband now is onto his toes to count the number of times I've taken him to a musical. And there is no des- <laughs> like 0 I'll desire. go with you. I love music, <laughs> Please. But that's the whole point, right? Mm. Once we get there, I don't actually have a good time <laughs> because I know he doesn't want to be there and I hate him for it. Yeah. Um, but I do think it takes a level of insight to mm. go, well, actually that's not, worth it. I'm going I'm to give up something that I really, really want to do mm. because I know it won't work with this particular person who I care about. Yep. So my awesome producer, Tate, was doing some excellent research yep. on you before this chat. And you are an uncle to two nephews, mm. Fred and George.
1: Yes. And another one, Kit.
0: Oh, see, I was so focused on Fred and George because they're the names of the twins in Harry Potter and I wanted to know if your family are just mad fans.
1: <laughs> I know. That's sorry, really funny. Kit, sorry. No, Kit's new. On the, he's on the other side. But Fred and George belong to my sister and my best, one of my best mates from school. She married one of my best mates. Really? Which, which okay, re- we've got to talk about that. Which really makes me think that uh, were, were we friends at all or was it just some <laughs> elaborate ruse for him to be able to good hook up with if my it sister? Was. <laughs> it's a long play. Yeah, we've been we've known each other since we were eight. So it's a good 20-year slow play. of
0: Congratulations a- <laughs> if that was the case.
1: <laughs> um, Fred and George, I didn't read Harry Potter. None of our family really did. I know this sounds crazy. It does. And we hadn't watched any of the films and it was only after it came uh, to fruition and people were writing in, oh, my gosh, it's a Harry Potter <laughs> reference. I still don't understand the reference because I still haven't seen a Harry Potter film already. They're the a best book.
0: characters. Are they're they the re- two best characters.
1: And are they brothers?
0: Yeah, twin brothers. And they're All the right. funny ones. They're the ones who started Joke Shop when they leave school.
1: And are they, oh, are they Alfred? Is it Alfred or just Fred and George?
0: I think it's just Fred. Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay, so there's um we've got George and Alfred, but he's okay. just Fred,
0: but he yeah. goes by Fred. Are you the fun uncle?
1: Uh, yeah, I. But I'm I'm also harsh, uncle. <laughs> so you're not? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a set of rules that if they come and stay at my place, that um they have to abide by. Yeah, fair um, enough. Like they, there's no crying in my house.
0: Oh, hold yeah. on, hold on. That's a bit rough. <laughs> what if what if someone breaks a bone? That or? you're
1: allowed to do that.
0: Okay. Um, no, you're, not, you're, not allowed, you're
1: not allowed to break a bone. Well, you can't break, yeah. break a bone. you <laughs> um, not
0: apply.
1: You break uh, does No, if, if there's, there's no tantrums. There's no cry So if you cry, you have to go outside. Um, oh, wow. And I just closed you're the door. You're harsh. And, and one day George was, um, I think he wanted me to go play cricket with him again. And I said, no, no, we've played cricket, mate. It's time for you to have a bit of time on your own and I'll get out a game if you want it. And he started crying. I said, no, you know, you know the rule. Outside, and, and he went outside and he, he turned to me and said, But I want a hug. Oh, And I darling. said, Well, go hug the pillar outside, oh, right? Oh, no. So he's gone outside, <laughs> right as my sister and her husband come home. And, she, they and see he's
0: hugging me. a pillar. He's oh, hugging a pillar oh,
1: and they went, What's George doing? He's like, Right. Yeah, this doesn't. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you might not know the rules here, but there's no crying inside the house (laughs) and I wanted a hug. Um, I have
0: tried so hard to raise my little boy to be a kid who's in touch with his emotions, Mm. who's not you (laughs) and not my husband, (laughs) basically, and I was so proud of myself until it started biting me in the arse, and now he's got too many feelings. (laughs) Like, Mummy, when you say I can't have a second dessert, it hurts my heart (laughs) on the inside. What? I don't care. Brush yes, your teeth. Exactly,
1: <laughs> that's great. They're awesome. They're, all three of them are awesome to hang out with, and they kind of are no fuss because of the rule. But we also then have a lot of fun and maximum hijinks and and get up to trouble and adventures and all that kind of stuff. I think Beck and I had them for four days or three days while um, when they were four and two. Oh, while, that's a lot. While um, my sister and her husband went away on a little vacation after having kids, you know, uh, yeah, which was nice. And they, but they were they were awesome. But you, I think you need the heavy hand if you're going to survive those little moments.
0: Yeah, it can't be all good times if nah. you're going to do three days straight. And um, so you mentioned Beck. Tell me, and you can embellish if you have to to yeah. make it better. Tell me about how you met. Like I'm looking for <laughs> bucket loads of romance.
1: Um, I won't embellish because it's still a pretty good story as it was. But I was. In a cafe, my usual routine was back when I was single was wake up and, and normally go have breakfast uh, every single morning, never cook for myself uh, at a cafe, and uh, just jot down ideas, write stuff. And I was writing some stuff for the Arias because haim and I were hosting um, some bits. Yeah, she was the waitress.
0: You, she, Zac Efron, yeah, and, what's with everyone hooking up yeah. with the amazing waitresses? Well,
1: Zac, Zac stole it from me. The, uh, <laughs> um and she was a terrible waitress, terrible waitress. I saw her, I saw the people next to me, they were chatting and they went, do you think she's forgotten? No, she wouldn't forgotten. Maybe they're just busy. No, no, no. <laughs> and I turned and I said, hey guys, I think she's definitely forgotten. You should ask again, even if doubt. So they called her across and they said, how's our meal going? She's like, oh. You could see that look on her face, like, mm. oh my gosh. And she went back because I'll just check with the kitchen, which is the biggest lie that any waitress yep. always says. Yeah. Comes back and says, Yeah, this, what was it again? Just so I can check with the kitchen. <laughs> like, she hasn't even put the order in, guys. Yeah. So I had a laugh with that, that couple to the side uh, saying that she mucked that up. And she came and took my order, and I just wanted opportunities to chat to her. So uh but she it was a busy day so she never really came back I ordered a tea as a follow-up beverage just uh, so I could that's get that's just
0: that I want to sit at this table a bit longer yeah. beverage <laughs>
1: yeah um and I never ordered tea so at the end of it she was pretty busy but I, I left a note on a napkin
0: oh and just, that, that's uh, proper romance yeah, well done
1: and uh and said something along the lines of uh I, I, I bet you have hundreds of boyfriends and and if you do Tell them they chose wisely or 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 uh, I can't remember what it was, but if you don't, please contact me. But I'd left my email address and I was told that that is a terrible thing to have done.
0: That is a bit weird. feels a bit formal.
1: Mm, it was fanmail at hamishnanny.com. No, oh it wasn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, was,
0: I was going for that. I
1: no, and so she didn't like that, but, but I didn't want my phone number being like, if she just had it, and I didn't really know what kind of yeah, person I was, yeah. or, or if she was throwing it to someone else, or, or, or if the, she didn't pick up the napkin at all. I just didn't want my phone number being out there, and I wasn't on Instagram or any of those social media things. So I don't know what the next yeah, part, part is. Yeah, email's probably your next bet. Yeah. All
0: right, I'll, I'll allow it. I'm really good at planning wedding proposals. Right. Would you like my help?
1: <laughs> oh, jeepers. uh This is a slippery slope for me to go into, but if you've got an idea lay it on me. I'll
0: email it. Okay, Andy, thanks so much for being on The Weekend Briefing.
1: Cheers. So good to see you.
0: I would love to stay and chat with you folks, but I am already YouTubing proposal videos and deliberating over table settings. Thank you for making time to listen to my chat with Andy Lee. Don't go away. Up next, it's Tate McGregor with The Weekend List. Thank you for sticking around for the weekend list. You will not regret it. This is where I am joined by Tate McGregor to tell you what to read, watch, listen to, I don't know, cook, see, do, podcast, whatever it might be this weekend. Tate, welcome. You've got something for us to get out and about and get involved in.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, I went and caught Daniel Sloss's comedy show on the weekend at Enmore Theatre. For those of you who don't know him, he's a Scottish internationally renowned comedian who has two shows on Netflix and an HBO special and is best known for his set called Jigsaw which is essentially like he kind of likens relationships or just life to a jigsaw puzzle and fitting that special someone right into the middle of it as though they're a piece that will fit your entire life when really you need to change your life to fit this jigsaw puzzle piece and that set alone has broken up thousands of couples. Like I kid you not, (laughs) there are stats out there about how many couples this man has broken up. So I was super intrigued to see what he'd be like live. I went and caught Hubris, which is touring Australia for the next two weeks. And it's really great. He really toes the line of like politically incorrect, but he does it in a really intelligent way and points out that if you're uncomfortable with a joke, it's not the joke you're uncomfortable with. It's the truth within the joke. So if you're looking for kind of a laugh that you're Wanting to stifle because you feel bad for laughing, but you know it's actually a really well-told joke that's well-woven. Daniel Sloss is the man for you. Jamila, you've been going back into the archives of some television recently.
0: I sure have, Tate. So my recommendation today is to go and watch some reruns of RuPaul's Drag Race, because the Australian version launches today. Like, today, today, on Stan, and you will want to be fully immersed in the vibe. I personally recommend going back and starting with season four. But look, mate, there's a lot of seasons for you to choose from. A bunch more from All Stars and the UK and Canada and more. So get your RuPaul on wherever what? wherever it suits you. That's no excuse. You should have seen what me and Ru were on <laughs> at the limelight. It's all behind us now. We're on uppers, Downers and Candy Corn. What's the sell for season four? I think it's when they got some money. That's my (laughs) sell, right? Because you've got this TV show that was a bit of something they were clearly taking a chance on and there's not a lot of budget and season four is when it comes into its own and the set is blinged up the queens have got more money and it's got real personality you've got the best producers in there my recommendation start there but seriously you'll be going all year if you're actually watching all of them
2: oh i cannot wait well jamila i have an album i want to get across your table you might remember uh julia stone from angus and julia stone how could we forget big jet plane Chateau, Mango Tree, she has a solo act, just Julia Stone, and she's back with her third solo album. It's been, I think, her last album was out in 2012, so it's been a long time in the making. This one's called 60 Summers, and I love the story of how the album title came about. She was one day out with her friend, partying during the summer. They go to these amazing, crazy parties, and her friend turned to her in the middle of the dance floor and said, Julia, can you believe that we only have 60 summers left. Isn't that sad? And then she realised how fleeting her life is and how she really needs to, like, stick it to life and live the life that she wants to live because 60 summers isn't that much time. So this album itself is more of a pop synthy vibe than the folky Julia Stone that we're used to. She talks about, you know... You know, fiery love, longing, loss, the whole spectrum of emotions. So if you're into a listening party this week, I would definitely listen to 60 Summers by Julia Stone. I love the sound of that, especially because it does sound
0: like the vibe's a little bit different to Mm. the Julia Stone that we're used to.
2: Yeah, it's really showing her, like, more facets to this gem of Julia Stone. It's a way we haven't seen her before, quite frankly. Jamila, what else have you got for us? Okay. This is
0: more of a public service announcement than it is a recommendation.: <laughs> Good We but love to it. It's very, very important. Mm-hmm. Mother's Day is coming up, and for those of you who are fortunate enough to still have your mum around on this Earth and in your life, buy her a decent gift. Yeah, That's my yes. PSA, everyone. Buy a decent gift. What that means is, nothing pink, Nothing pink. No cheap supermarket flowers. And I'm not saying that to be classist. If you want flowers, you can go and pick some mm. from the neighbor's garden, for example. Those come for free. Don't buy cheap supermarket flowers. No candles from the newsagent that don't smell very good. Sniff your candles before you buy them, please, everyone. No slippers. No dressing gowns, unless they're those like super fancy kind of like you get in the hotel ones. You can get them from Country Road, everyone. Anything homemade is always a winner because it genuinely is the thought that counts with your mum. That is not the case with anyone else, but it is with your mum. So if it's homemade, especially a homemade card, as long as it's something that I don't have to wear, I don't want something homemade that I have to wear out in public because that's embarrassing. So don't do that. Your mum is one of the critical people who made you who you are today. She deserves a decent gift.
2: Correct. You preach it. Homemade flowers, even. That could be an idea. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Folks, we would
0: love to know what you are listening to, reading, watching. Please let us know at The Briefing Podcast on all of your socials. That's it for the weekend briefing today. To make sure that you never miss an episode of The Briefing, get your hands on the listener app. You can download it now and you can get radio, podcasts, music and news to keep your company all the time. You won't need any of them, though. You're just going to need the briefing. And we will be back Monday morning with Tom and Annika, bright and early, with the latest headlines in your headphones.
2: Listener.